breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. And the orders stop at the center, 25 seconds remaining. Watson shoots it in. Around the board, Kevin Lowe trying to jam it out. Loose puck in the corner. They battle for it. It comes in front of the net. Lumley fires it down the ice. He scores! Lumley and the champions of the Edmonton Oilers. 13 seconds remaining. The Edmonton Oilers will win the Stanley Cup. They have become the four-time champions. Here's a fan on the ice, jubilant. There are streamers, and the smiling faces belong to the Oilers, who will take the walk of champions. The fans continuing to come on the ice. Oh, it's it, it's been a long week. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been the longest week, it feels like. And we start off the Friday edition of 630 Jet Inside Sports with a little joy. That was May 19, 1984. The Oilers won the first of their five Stanley Cups. And I know many people felt that number six was coming this spring. But just want to bring you a little joy. And you know, the thing is, is and it's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. Glad to be with you tonight. Uh, it is uh, the long weekend, and uh, yeah, it's been a tough week. The week of lament. The week of lament for sure. What happened to these Oilers? But uh, we made it, folks. We made it to the uh, to Friday and the long weekend. I hope uh, you're safe. I hope everything's uh, good with you. Uh, keep it uh, safe out there if you are, uh, you know, doing anything uh, camping related. I know there's there's some camping closures all around. So you know, if you had to pivot and stay home, that's too bad. But hopefully, you find some joy this weekend. And uh, you know, if you're out camping and you know your spot didn't get uh, didn't get shut down, please be careful out there and take care of each other. Um, it's been a crazy week. I mean, twice this week the Edmonton Elks had to go indoors to the field house because of the air quality. This morning they got their practice in before the air quality got worse. In Calgary, it was it was much worse than it was here, but. They, they, they've actually done a role reversal. Actually, they're much better down there, um, even though they canceled their fan fest before the game on Monday against the Elks. And we got it for you here at 1230 for a countdown to kickoff and the kickoff at 2 from McMahon Stadium in Calgary. The, the Stampeders announced today that the game right now is a go. But their fan fest got moved to a later date, I think June 24th before a game uh, at McMahon. So right now, there's a game, but uh, anything can change. That's for sure. So uh, I appreciate Derek Scott. How you doing, Derek? Uh, thank, thank you for playing that clip. And we, that was an executive decision about a minute before we went to air. So well, you know, great. we got to thank Brendan Escott for that too because he left that out for me, and I feel all I did was pass it along to you. So he yeah. can take the props on that one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> good decision by both uh, Brendan and you. We'll hear from Brendan in about an hour. He's the uh, well. What doesn't he do around here? He does it all. He does it all for sure. He's the producer of Oilers now, contributor to the Oilers Radio Network, and the pre 
pre-game, halftime, and post-game host for Edmonton Elks broadcast on 6:30. Chad, and uh, yeah, we're the voice again. 30th year, 30th straight year on uh, this radio station. I've been a part of it for 19 of those years. I'm very excited. Morley and I've been on the uh, on the call for the last 13 seasons, and uh, Brendan's around for year two. Blake's around, I think, for year 10 and 11. He couldn't remember last night, but I. 2013 is the first year that we had him on the broadcast. And it wasn't the full season. It was kind of like we have, you know, four, five, six games left. Let's see how it goes. Well, it's gone spectacular with Blake. So the four of us will actually be at McMahon on Monday. So that'll be exciting. And I'll be here. And I can't wait. (laughs) Looking forward to it. But yeah, what a week, eh? What a week. So Sunday, the Oilers lose uh, 5-2 to the Vegas Golden Knights. And they lose in six games. And I'm not going to sit here and rehash everything. I mean, I don't want to do that. That's that's silly. And my quick thoughts would be pretty simple. Uh, they didn't get the goaltending from Stuart Skinner. They did not get enough support scoring. And they don't defend well enough. That's just the way it is, you know. And I think we all got surprised by how good Vegas is. I Hands up, way up. I underestimated the Vegas Golden Knights in a huge way. I thought the LA Kings were going to be the toughest matchup, and they were tough. The Oilers beat them in six. But Vegas, they're big, they're skilled, they are strong. And, you know, Frank Zarevelli said it on today uh, from Daily Faceoff on with Bob Stoffer from, well, it was noon to three. It's going back to noon to two on uh, Monday. Best of edition on, my, well, no, we got we got hockey. Or no, we got football. I'm so crossed up now. Okay, anyway, but uh, we, we, we got, uh, we, we're going back to normal here next week on Oilers now. But even Frank Cervelli said the most overrated skater was Jack Eichel. And the most overrated goaltender, or overpaid, whatever you want to call it, was Sergei Bobrovsky. Well, Sergei Bobrovsky has had a tremendous playoff. Jack Eichel's a better player than I thought he was. But the Vegas Golden Knights are full marks. And they're going to play game one tonight at home in Vegas against the Dallas Stars. So this will be an interesting series for sure. I'll pick the Knights. I'm <laughs> not picking against them anymore because I, like Reed, pick the Jets and pick the Oilers and... Well, we know how that turned out. Now, here's a question for you people. You fine people, our 14 listeners. I'm sure we have more, but I think officially we only have 14. I think that's unofficial, though. Did you watch the game last night? Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. A tremendous game, for sure. Did you stay up and watch close to four overtimes? I know I was at the kitchen table, so our dining room table is uh, kind of. You know, we have an open concept. You can see the kitchen, kitchen. You know, from the kitchen, you can see everywhere else. You know, from everywhere else in the house, you can pretty much see uh, dining room, living room. You can see into the kitchen. So I'm working at the dining room table, doing prep for Monday's game, and it's all in the background. So I'm kind of like peering over, and I'm going, "Hmm, what's going on here? Boy, they really can't score. Wow, the goalies are playing well. Wow." And then I went to bed just before the goal happened. And in fact, before I went to sleep, Derek, I, I refreshed Twitter. And I don't know who said it, but it said, oh, Matthew, thank you. Or, or Matthew, you know, thank you, Matthew. That's what it was. And I'm like, oh, Matthew Kachuk scored. And then about a minute later, the highlight came on Twitter. <laughs> so Four overtimes. Four overtimes. Oh, my goodness. Did you not know this? I didn't know that. No. So what time did the game actually end then? The game ended, uh, it's got to be close to midnight, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, we have a little mishmash of calls from last night. So if you didn't, if you didn't know about it or didn't hear it, we're going to hear it four times in a row. Here's Brent Burns, keeps it to the outside. Sam Bennett keeps it in out front. Kachuk is shot. He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! The Panthers take game one, three, two, the final! Matthew Kachuk is the marathon, and the Panthers go home happy tonight here in Raleigh. Slavin can't clear chance. Scores! Matthew Kachuk puts it to bed. Kachuk with a shot. Now Bennett will come up with it, and the score! Matthew Kachuk on a bouncing puck beats Frederick Anderson to the glove hand, and the Florida Panthers will take game number one with 12.7 seconds left in overtime number four and take a one nothing series lead. So in order, that it's, that's Doug Plagans from the Panthers radio network, Chris Cuthbert, from Sportsnet, NHL on Sportsnet. Kenny Albert from TNT in the uh, States, uh, so national uh, U.S. broadcast, and Mike Maniscalco from the Hurricanes Radio Network. So we saved the sad call for last, even though Mike did a good job of doing justice to the goal. So I wonder if this pulls you back in, or if you're going, wow, thank goodness I missed that, and I don't have to watch that anymore, you know? <laughs> it was it was a great Honestly, it was a great hockey game, and I, I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched some of the game last night, and like I say, I was I was doing some prep, and I just peered over, and I, I mean, both goalies played extremely well. Bobrovsky's having a playoff to remember, and Freddie Anderson is playing extremely well as well. So it is game one, uh, center stage tonight uh, in Vegas as they will host the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Final. Elsewhere uh, today... Uh, just about to get underway, too, is uh, Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Final as the Boston Celtics uh, play in Boston, looking for a 2-0 lead heading back to Miami. At the uh, PGA Championship uh, just outside of Rochester, New York, at the uh, Oak Hill Country Club, Canada's Corey Connors is in the mix. Now, for a while, he had the lead. He had a two-shot lead for a while, and then... Here comes Scotty Scheffler, the two-time two-time Masters champion, birdie, birdie, and then it's a tie for uh, it's a share for six under, and then Connors bogeys the 16th and falls out of the lead by one shot, and then Scheffler bogeys 18. So you had a two-way tie. But then here comes Victor Hovland, and uh, he has now created a three-way tie at five under. There's still a few golfers left on the course. Rain was starting to fall late in the round as well. Uh, Taylor Pendrith also having himself a pretty good tournament. He is only four shots off the lead, sitting at one under par after a, a round of 69. Uh, the Elks, as I mentioned, though, they are going to play the um, Calgary Stampeders on Monday. And Stephen McAdoo has been running practice. Stephen McAdoo is the associate head coach, and he's also the offensive coordinator. He's been running practice the last two days. Why? Well, Chris Jones had a great reason. He uh, went back to Marion County, Tennessee, to attend last night the graduation of his youngest daughter, Austin, and it was her high school grad. So Chris Jones left right after Wednesday's practice, uh, flew down to Tennessee, attended the ceremony, 
got up early, took a flight back home, and I believe he's back home now, should be running practice tomorrow. Uh, Stephen McAdoo, what are you looking for on Monday in the preseason game in Calgary? I really want to see him just open up and play. You know, I I don't want guys, you know, holding back because they're worried about making a mistake, you know. So we're going to keep it kind of simple, go out there and execute and find guys that can go out and play fast and use what they've been doing all their their entire lives. And his thoughts uh, so far, or his thoughts on running practice the last couple of days? I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, it's it's the same thing, you know. I mean, coaches yelling periods, we're yelling periods, you know, different things of that nature. I still got to have my eye on the offense and, you know, call plays and different things of that nature. So, I mean, I'm still doing the same thing that I did, just yeah. adding, making sure we're switching on time and stuff like that and the defense and offense and special teams are hustling. I will say it's been a lot quieter <laughs> without Chris Jones because Morley and I are watching from the booth and we can still hear Chris Jones. That's the best, best impression I can do from the vantage point where I watch practice. And you haven't heard that. You haven't heard Chris Jones constantly talking to players and and calling out new position groups and new drills and new periods in practice and that sort of thing. So uh, on Monday, I would expect... Uh, I would expect we're going to see a lot of Kyle Oxley, and I don't think we're going to see Taylor Cornelius and Trey Ford. I think they're going to. You're probably going to see them a week tomorrow when the Elks wrap up the preseason against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's going to be a lot of hopefuls and a lot of new players. And uh, other than that, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's been a very competitive camp. I would say they're faster, they're more organized, um, and I think even one year together with the coaching staff and they're back for year two, makes them a better coaching staff. So we'll see what happens. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. That is the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Uh, coming up on the show, as I mentioned, we'll go to Toronto. Uh, Gord Stellick, host of Leaf Lunch and Toronto Maple Leafs Hockey on uh, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Kyle Dubas is out as GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a bit of a surprise. Now, Kyle Dubas on Monday said some interesting things. Do I really want to be the general manager of this team going forward? It's either this job or nothing. Do I want to break up the core four? That's Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, and John Tavares. He didn't exactly say he was going to break up the core four, but he also said you can't just say you're not going to do it. You can't just put everything off the table. That is on the table, but not necessarily going to get done. And Brandon Shannon, I don't know, it's just, just he was very, very honest to a fault. It was kind of strange. You don't usually get that transparency from an executive when a move like this is made and Brendan Shanahan. Well, we'll get we'll get get some clarity from Gord Stellick, but it was basically I was talking to Kyle Dubas about an extension. Then I heard what he said, and I didn't want to bring him back anymore. So how do we get to this point? Uh, as I mentioned, Brendan Escott will be around in about uh, about seven oh five. G. Roy Simon. Uh, my conversation with him earlier today, assistant GM of the Edmonton Elks on training camp, and Joe Aginla. 
Not Jerome Ginla. No, his son Joe, 14 years old. Uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, 12th overall pick in the WHL Prospects draft. Uh, Reed actually uh, had a chance to talk to him yesterday. We'll air that before we go here tonight, uh, just before, uh, well, around 7.45 tonight. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins, back with more Inside Sports. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. I uh, love the. Oh, oh, I am on there. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I did two shows back in the studio during All Star Weekend. Uh, I believe Thursday, Friday, and uh, honestly, I had to kind of get familiar again. So I'm back in the studio again because uh, when we were all kind of dispersed, I was obviously hosting from home as a lot of us were. So I'm still trying to get used to, you know, the board, which I've, I've worked on this board a lot, Derek. But, yeah. You know. Well, you're good. Your mic's on. Everything seems to be good. Is this on? Yes. You're good. I was going to say, uh, speaking of honesty, uh, Rob Brindamore is as honest as it comes. Um yeah, so his reaction to losing in quadruple overtime, 3-2 to the Panthers, uh, yeah, well, here's what he said. And that's the worst way to lose. There's no way around it. You'd rather lose, like we, I talked about last series, where we got we had a game where we didn't really have a chance to win it. That one could have went either way, obviously. We'll regroup and come back at it again the next one. I mean, it's just one game. So my question to you as a hockey fan, and I know I've heard this a lot from Oiler fans, I can't watch anymore it's just too painful or i need to recoup my sleep although if you watched the game last night you know <laughs> got compromised again but does something like this pull you back you're like wow we had a quadruple overtime game wow that's great i'm, I'm coming back in baby or does something as simple as you know the knights beat us beat my team the oilers we're all mad and now we want our former rivals, the Dallas Stars, to beat the doors off of the Vegas Golden Knights. Dallas, it's okay that you beat us in 98, that you beat us in 99, that you beat us in 2000, 2001. It's okay now. Just beat the Knights, okay? It's okay now. Don't worry about it. Interesting matchup, too. Peter DeBoer is playing uh, his former team, the Golden Knights. Bruce Cassidy kind of quipped the other day. Yeah, he probably knows some stuff about us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's sit back and enjoy this one. But uh, in Toronto, I- interesting. I want to hear what the vibe is in Toronto among fans from Gord Stellick. Here it's disappointment, but there still seems to be some hope. What's it like in Toronto after another disappointment? Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight on the uh, Friday of a long weekend in May on 630 Chet Inside Sports.